Real estate professionals have never had such an array of tools and information to help them in their decision making. In particular, digital maps, which are turning numbers on a spreadsheet into 3D replicas of buildings or entire landscapes. In this episode, we explore how tools such as Building Information Modeling or BIM, Geospatial Technology or GIS, and laser scanning are prompting investors and occupiers to give spreadsheets the old heave-ho for a more insightful visualisation of their real estate interests. I'm Rebecca Kent, host of this JLL Perspectives podcast, and here are my guests. Travis Brousseau, um, I'm the ANZ uh, GIS lead, and, and what that means honestly is um, just using uh, geospatial technology throughout uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, it could be on the data side, could be on the application side. Um, the, the main component is helping our business internally at JLO and, um, and that flows through to our clients as well. So my name is Mark Hamilton and I'm head of our digital solutions group in Middle East and Africa. And I'm also lead for a product we developed um, out of the region called Prism, which is a a geospatial sort of digital twin um, application. So Mark, talk to me about mapping technology. What is it? What is being mapped and how? Yeah, so I think like mapping technology is is kind of a broad, broad term. Um, I would explain it as like mapping of uh, utilizing technology to capture um, data from from the real world and then being able to import that into some software so there's a number of different types of mapping for example um so in in our region we're doing something called um lidar scanning which is uh, a way of using lasers to capture interior and exterior uh of, of buildings um and then to import that into uh three-dimensional um drafting software such as BIM, and then you can create a replica of, of buildings. Um, in addition to that form of mapping, so that would be like 3D building mapping, uh, you also can do mapping of, you know, sections or cities, uh, which can be done via drone, utilizing similar technology, either LIDAR scanning or what's called photogrammetry, and you can create uh, a mesh or a replica of the, of the city. Um, and then you can move into like mapping that into, into GIS sort of software. So Travis, I guess the most powerful thing about the way these technologies are being applied in real estate is the visualization, right? So sure, you could check out the data that they use and produce in an Excel spreadsheet, but the visualization is the game changer. I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think with recent technology um, improvements, I, you know, with the idea that, you know, it's not just um, a, a professional with, you know, a technical professional with, uh, you know, a high-end computer being able to, you know, punch out some some really high-quality, um, you know, images showing, you know, development pipelines, showing certain financial information throughout a precinct or on the building level. I think the idea is, yeah, now everyone can kind of tackle that and, and just use the, you know, the comfort of their internet browser. So for investors and occupiers, Mark, where is digital mapping technology delivering the most return on investment? We're having more and more requests for, um, you know, or execution of scopes of work for like doing supply and demand mapping uh, of, of city, of office space, or 
um, you know, re residential supply and demand mapping as well uh, to allow for like large scale developers to be able to predict, you know, what sort of assets they, sh they should develop in what timeline, how they should be priced, you know, which sort of um, what can be like the, the target markets for the different asset classes. Right, so a developer might like to know what the demand is for a certain type of office in a particular area and what the development pipeline looks like. So in, in the case of one governmental client uh, in, in Abu Dhabi, they, they're looking into mapping the entire city of Abu Dhabi. So all of the, um, all of the existing uh, office space, residential space, mapping it into, you know, in 3D within GIS. Um, and then from there, being able to determine, you know, what is the, the sort of profile of tenants in different buildings? What is the occupancy rate? What, it, what is sort of um, the cost per square meter uh, historically and, and currently? Um, and then once you, you're able now, because the GIS applications and, you know, the, the 3D mapping technology is at, at a place where it can all be imported into the same application, then you can sort of drive, drive insights. So we're seeing more and more clients sort of use this as the industry standard of how they evaluate markets and how they make decisions about, you know, how they develop, develop or, or optimize their own portfolios. Travis, you've done some similar mapping with the city of Melbourne in Australia, right? Yeah, so for city of Melbourne, we, we just began Kind of mapping the development pipeline um, for 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 multiple asset classes. So it was office, residential, hotel, student accommodation. Um, started there as kind of a three D exercise, just to say, you know, this is a good kind of storytelling um, uh, product, and and to be able to use it for a lot of our kind of client meetings and 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 um, and, and pitches. And that kind of gravitated towards with the with the awesome response we got from that was let's nationalize it. So now across all of the, the capital cities, we've not only mapped the development pipeline, but we've also mapped the existing stock that kind of meets a certain criteria. So like the larger office buildings, the, the you know, the, the residential and hotel and student accommodations that meet a certain um, threshold as well. So this is something that we've teamed up with the research team to be able to, you know, I'd argue that, you know, just displaying it as a, as a dot on a map, a 2D map sounds okay, but if you have the technology um, why not display it in, in kind of this 3D environment where it really kind of accelerates, I think, some of that decision-making, accelerates some of those analytics. You've told me previously, Travis, that you'd like to see that mapping technology advance to gather a much fuller picture of buildings in the context of their landscape. Yeah, so it's kind of the, I, I like to call it kind of the, the micro and macro view of using this technology, right? So I see the macro view is kind of, you know, looking at, let's say, all of the city of Sydney, you know, we see that that beautiful skyline and maybe there's some information about, you know, certain precincts. Um, we zoom in a little bit. We can click on a building, understand the metrics behind that building, and then we can, you know, hopefully dive into that building a bit and explore those floors. So, you know, exploring the floors where, you know, we understand, you know, who who is there, right? Like what's, you know, how is that that floor plan look and, you know, what tenants are there? Um, and, and not only kind of, you know, getting this kind of, you know, information mixed with this exterior view, but, you know, this, this interior, this, this kind of micro view of what's going on in that particular building. I think it's kind of the blending of both, you know, the best of, of both worlds there, where, you know, that, that citywide view, the precinct view is, is fantastic for many reasons. 
But uh, when you need to drill down in a building, you want to have that intelligence there and you want to have kind of a, a really nice kind of platform to view it. And, and so that could be, you know, seeing, you know, Matterport imagery that could be seen BIM models um, that can be seen any kind of live information that, that might be there too. How does that aspiration resonate with you, Mark? With the Matterport technology, I mean, we're, we're using this quite heavily with some of our clients, um, you know, across the Middle East. But in, in one particular case, uh, we had a, a governmental entity within Saudi Arabia that was holding a large number of palaces and wanted to convert them into boutique hotels. So we used this Matterport scanning um, and then created an asset register. So a list of all of the critical, you know, cultural assets, because these are uh, palaces that had maybe, you know, paintings or other, you know, assets of like cultural uh, importance um, and, and, you know, fancy rugs and things like this, as well as the mechanical equipment and then created um, a, a, an asset register, which was linked to Matterport. And then it allowed them uh, and, and, and us to assist them in having the palaces redesigned by international design consultants that never had to go into the palaces in, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that sounds pretty neat. And not least because palaces are such an exotic concept in Australia. Um, it would be great if you could also elaborate on a project, the King Abdullah Financial District in Riyadh. Mark, where you pulled out the LIDAR scanning and the building information modelling and the return on investment was pretty significant. It was a mixed-use development in, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Um, it consisted of 48 buildings or 33 million square feet. Um, and the, the ownership had changed hands from one governmental entity in, in Riyadh to another. Um, and it was a, maybe a three-year period of time where development had, had, had stopped. Um, so as JLL, we were involved in many different aspects from operational strategy to development. We had maybe 150 people deployed um, with, with that, with that uh, developer. Um, but, but we went in and saw it as an ability for, to do the, the LIDAR scanning and then produce BIM as a way to quantify the existing conditions of the building, what was handed over from one entity, uh, what was the current completion status of the contract uh, or of the construction? So when you're going through the con contracting process of getting new new contractors back on or new designers, it's it's very quantifiable. You know what I mean? Otherwise, to have a resource go and evaluate the buildings and try and include that into the into their their tender processes would be would be very very difficult. Um, so it, in one way, it helped the procurement process. Um, of getting the, the buildings back into to finishing the construction because before it was about 75% complete. Um, and then another major benefit was just moving into operations. So those 48 buildings, eight of which were, were substantially completed, um, but because the, the contractors had, had left the site without you know, a, a formal handover process, we were able to, from the BIM process, produce very um, you know, standardized, asset registers and handover information. And then uh, that information, we were able to import it directly into the operational software. So that was a scope of work, which didn't have to be with the operations team um, and saved quite a lot of resources. Mark, moving on to big data, traffic volumes, temperatures, climate change, how is this being tracked and mapped and influencing property decisions or how can it be? I mean, with applications like like Uber, you know, it, it allows us, you know, if, if we can procure this data, it allows us to understand, you know, people movement patterns. I think 
you're seeing it more in like developments of certain cities that are having areas that are designated for like pedestrian or bicycle traffic or scooter scooter traffic so they're limiting cars going into certain areas which you know will will create additional congestion i think if you look at it from like a lead certification uh standard i mean they're they're giving additional credits to being closer to to um public transportation to have additional you know bicycle parking um yeah, a lot of this uh, a lot of the additional information about the construction of the buildings um it, it gives additional credits still having locally sourced material which will have you know a smaller impact on overall like uh carbon emissions via the transportation of of, of the uh of, of the building um building materials so if you look at it i think i think it's the same way where it should be like a holistic approach Thanks, Mark. And hey, Travis, what excites you about this digital mapping technology and the direction that it's going? I think that digital twin is going to get more and more impressive as the time goes by. Um, you know, I think the realism of it is going to look better and better. You know, an existing building from the outside is going to look exactly what it is if you, you know, with your own two eyes compared to, you know, when you go inside, you know, you have a, a very kind of extensive, you know, understanding, you know, either by via BIM or Matterport or whatever kind of resource there is. Um, I'd say that, that realism mixed with kind of tying all of this kind of live data together. You know, imagine kind of this having this real-time view of the city. That, that's kind of been a, a common theme that we've heard from the business here in Australia and New Zealand, a real-time view of the city. So be it, you know, that, that, that um, 3D city model of the city, that exterior view, but also when you drill into that building, you know, you got up-to-date information about leases, you got up-to-date information um, about building material and so forth. Um, I think it's all going to be tied together and, and be quite accurate and, and the realism is going to be just next level. Thanks, Travis. And Mark, what developments can you see coming up on the horizon in this space? I think it's it's getting different, you know, tech players involved in the industry, and I think you know Microsoft is is quite quite interested, and in, you know, same same as IBM with their you know sort of cloud computing and cloud hosting and you know initiatives for development of digital twins. So I think that's that's a pretty exciting development, and then as well, um, we're doing some work with Epic Games. So th these are like uh, Epic Games has you know, billions and billions of dollars in revenue based upon some of the highest producing games, for example, one is called Fortnite, which many people know. Now they're, they're reinvesting some of this revenue into the digital twin space. So now they're giving grants for people that will use their Unreal visualization engine, which is one of their products, um, uh, for, for digital twin applications. So we actually won a hundred thousand dollar grant from Epic Games, so we can we can import some of our GIS scene layers um, and other data sets into into their Unreal Engine. Um, so then the, the grant is for you know focus focus development of of a product that that is is working towards their initiatives. So I think when you start to see like cloud computing, you know, Epic Games and you know world class visualization engines combined with newer technologies, one of which is called pixel streaming, which allows for higher resolution data to be streamed to to computer over web application. Um, these things to me are are really exciting. Well, that is very cool, and it brings us to the end of our chat. Travis Brousseau and Mark Hamilton of JLL, thank you for joining the Perspectives podcast. 
If you listeners would like to know more about how digital mapping can transform the way you are interacting with real estate, or you'd like to know more about what Mark and Travis can do, pop on over to jll.com.au forward slash perspectives dash podcast. And you can get in touch with either of them there. Conveniently, you can also check out other episodes of this podcast. And if you're listening to us via Spotify, Google, Apple, or other major streaming platforms, hit the follow or download buttons to keep track of our new episodes as they drop. I'm Rebecca Kent, Content Director at JLL. Thanks for listening.